Welcome to the Do The Woo Podcast, where we talk all things WooCommerce and any e-commerce news that affects you as a Woo user. Hey, Bob WB here. Brad and myself will be joining our special guest in just a minute, but I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Liquid Web. I know personally that Liquid Web has the best WooCommerce managed hosting that will fit your needs no matter what you're selling or the size of your online store. And for a limited time, use the code BOB-WP and you'll get 33% off your first six months of any of their WooCommerce hosting plans. So do yourself and your site a favor and head on over to liquidweb.com. Now for the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Woo Podcast, and I have my esteemed colleague and the charming Brad Williams joining me. How are you doing, Brad? Hello. Hey, Bob. I'm doing good. good. How are you doing? I am doing just great. You know, I guess we're into summer now officially, or not officially, I guess it doesn't start, but we're we're getting close there. Yeah. You know, I don't know if anyone's ever described me as charming, but I'll take it. Yeah, really, from, you know? yeah. yeah I got to throw out a different adjective, you know, something to describe <laughs> each, each week, something a little bit different. So yeah. anyway, we have a um, uh, overdue guest here, somebody that's been in the WooCommerce space for many, many years. Uh, I like how I added many, many, not just many years, but uh, uh, Jamie Marslin. Uh, welcome to the show, Jamie. Hey, Bob. Now, everybody probably knows Jamie, or some people might not know Jamie, but I think, uh, why don't we kick it off by having you tell us a little bit about your background and your life in Woo. Yeah, so I run a company called Poodle Press, and we've, we've been going about nine years now, so, so a long time, and we started off as just a training business, and we still are a training business, and um, we've been, now we now we've build our own plugins as well as um, training and we run courses around the UK and um, we also now focus on plugins and historically we we built plugins for WooThemes Canvas so this is a long time ago when when WooThemes were WooThemes and uh, that's where we started our plugin journey and now we're kind of we have a range of plugins uh, but I guess it'd be fair to say our focus is more and more on WooCommerce that's kind of where we're seeing the growth in terms of our plugin strategy. Cool. Yeah, so I, I am more than familiar with your plugins, and I think we're gonna we're gonna kind of just uh, dive a bit into the world of Gutenberg that that's never been talked about before anywhere. And I thought it'd be a, a great thing to bring up, mainly because of your one of your newest plugins. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, and then we'll just kind of talk Gutenberg for a while. Sure. So we've we've uh, we've just released a plugin called Woo Builder. Which which gives users the ability to um, use Gutenberg to create uh, to change and edit the uh, single product layout in WooCommerce. So we built a whole bunch of blocks that kind of atomizes the uh, WooCommerce product page. So we have an add to cart block and a product image block and um, a short description block and some other blocks. And it just gives people much more control so that they can edit. You know what is generally a standard page on, on their WooCommerce store, which is, you know, when you think about it, it's probably the most important page of anyone's shop in many ways. It's the, it's the page that sells their product. And, and actually, at the moment, everyone's product pages look the same, pretty much. There's, there's changes in themes. Uh, but giving people more control over that product page 
seems like a really neat idea. Uh, and the other thing you can do once you start working in blocks, you can add extra blocks into that experience. So we've built, you know, we've started by having a sales countdown block. You can start to imagine other blocks that would be useful to, to people within that product layout. So they can create, they can, they can customize individual products, but they can also create templates and then apply those uh, to multiple products using categories and tags. So that's some, some of the product pages we're seeing are, are, are really, uh, you know, obviously very different to the traditional WooCommerce layout um, product page. How do you, I'm curious how you come up with your product ideas. I mean, you know, putting together an idea for a product and actually from that yep. point to releasing it is a, a pretty, uh, you know, can be a lengthy and complicated process. So obviously you want to make sure whatever ideas you have, whatever products you decide to invest your time and resources into are the ones that you are going to be successful. So I'm curious, is this like feedback from your users or are you just looking at the, yeah, the landscape or where, where those ideas come from? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and we have a pretty good high, um, hit rate. So we've also released a few products that haven't sold great, but most of them, most of them do. And I think because the feedback comes from, because we're a training business as well, you know, and we're seeing... You know, I've personally trained about 3,000 people face-to-face on WordPress, which, which gives you, you know, so I'm sitting, I'm sitting there teaching them. And these are beginners. So this is, the, and, the, and these people are DIYing it. So, and, and, and that's a weekly experience. So I see that every single week. And, you know, quite a few people, these people are running their shops. So that just gives you incredible insight, incredible insight into, you know, how people are using WordPress for one. Uh, the confusions around WordPress, and we'll come on to that probably in terms of Gutenberg and WordPress.com and WordPress.org. Uh, but also, you see their problems face, to, you know, up close and personal, and you can, you know, so it's an amazing, uh, amazing feedback loop. And obviously, because um, we kind of got history in this space, we get we get feedback directly from customers about what they're looking for. So we tend to we tend to release. And iterate, try and iterate quite quickly on on the products. And and the other thing we try and do is quite rather than going sort of horizontal on and in products, we go we try and go quite quite uh, narrow and deep. So we have a product called Storefront Pro, which is purely focused on customizing the storefront theme from uh, WooCommerce. They're quite niche, but quite deep, deep learning. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting. I look at this um, the builder. And you mentioned the product page being probably one of the most important pages, which sure. I would agree, right? That's right where people are making the decision, really, if they want to buy this product yeah. or not. Um, I love the idea of giving the users a lot of control, um, but also there's that other side of the coin of giving the users a lot of control, <laughs> which <laughs> can be good and bad. So I wonder, yeah. um, do you do you kind of help guide your users and say, look, this gives you a lot of flexibility in how you can lay out these pages. However... You know, there's there's a certain kind of expectation that customers have online that of things they expect to see in certain places. Are you kind of, you know, helping and maybe within your training you do this too, but kind of helping guide on maybe some best practices or things that might help a store that maybe yeah. is familiar with these making these decisions. We're we're starting to. So we've just released an update last week actually, which gives them some starting templates. We've and technically this is quite tough. <laughs> because uh, Gutenberg is changing and it's quite new. Um, but we've released two, which are kind of kind of the standard layout for, uh, at the moment, they're the standard layout for, um, you know, a, a WooCommerce product. The only difference is the product image, where that's placed. But that, get, that gets them to a starting point of a sort of traditional layout, which then they can change. Um, but it's in our, it's in my head. You know, we're, we're kind of where we're at with WooBuilder is we're, we're at the plumbing stage. 
which we're kind of piecing together the plumbing the almost the more interesting stuff is the stuff you're you've just asked me so you know the the, the there's there's ways you can do that you can do that through training and and you know information but you know long you know one of one of the long-term visions and i don't know whether we'll ever get here is you know you could potentially introduce split testing into this thing and then you could feedback from the community you know what works and what doesn't work which would just be you know that's a, that's probably a long way off but as a vision you know, as a, as a, as an end user, you kind of just want to set up these products and and almost automatically then switch depending on what's selling best, right? And if you can, yeah. if, if you could in some way harness what other people are experiencing, which you can, you know, te- technically you can you can do that now with Gutenberg. So that's kind of where I'd want to head with it. Yeah, but we're right at the early stages, really. We're just at the plumbing stage. Yeah, I mean, it is exciting, right? Because you're right. That is the the more, I guess, interesting stuff. Not to say the you know the base of the plugin isn't interesting. It's it's yeah. amazing looking. Um, but the idea of how how can changing a piece of text or changing yeah. the button placement increase you know my conversions by two percent, and that's yeah, you know, yeah. that's very real. Like some of that stuff. So yeah, and um, you can see and, you can see other services are doing this. Like so, if a lot of people will be familiar with things like Mailchimp. Campaign monitor. And yeah. These guys are already doing that stuff in terms of you know you can split test. You can split test uh, like subject headings. Headings. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's kind of that's kind of where I'd like to get it to. It's something I'm. I we get a lot of clients and we talk to you know about different things and you always get the client that wants to do something completely out of the box and something that's never been done before around their e-commerce store and I. I usually have to talk them off a ledge and say, look, you know, unless you're a really established brand, yeah. like doing anything too far outside of the norm is not going to help your sales, you know? Yeah. They expect a certain, they expect a certain flow. It's why Amazon does things a very certain way. And you know, they're spending yeah. hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars to, to, to confirm this and figure this stuff out is what do users expect when they go to an e-commerce store? Um, so it's always just a fascinating it's really fascinating to me um, is what works and what doesn't, how these little adjustments and tweaks can have some really major impacts. Yeah. And that, you know, you can, you could take a simple idea like uh, traditional WooCommerce page layout, the, the product pitch is pretty small, which is, you know, it's fine if you're selling like uh, a pair of glasses, but if you, if you're like a holiday website and you, you want to really expose something beautiful on that page and really build the experience for that end user, then that's, that's, you know, that's one occasion where you want, you probably want to do something slightly different. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things we're seeing with, with, um, with Woo Builder that people are able to do now. Uh, now I'm curious with all your plugins, are you finding that most of your clients, especially with the builder and stuff before the, the block plugins and, and what's going on with those are a lot of your customers still on the classic editor when it comes yeah. to WooCommerce? Yeah, it gets very complex. <laughs> there's, there's more, there's more to it than that as well, right? Because they might not be on the classic editor, but there's a lot of themes and there's a lot of plugins out there that are disabling Gutenberg, which I'm discovering, which I didn't know about. I thought, you know, you could look at... So when we support customers, we, you know, to start with, we'd say, well, are they using the classic editor? And, uh, you know, they, they, might, they might say, well, it's not working, you know, we build the blocks isn't working for whatever reason. 
And so you, you check down and see, the first thing is, are they using the classic, classic editor? And it's what, well, they're not. So what else is, and then there's something else that's disabled it. You know, it might be Divi because there's an option now in Divi that you can disable Gutenberg, which I only found out a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, so there's lots of folks that are finding ways to disable it. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a bit of a, you have to hunt. Yeah. So, so what I see is that now with support, it's not like everybody would always ask, what's your WordPress version? Yeah. Now it's just as important to say, are you using Gutenberg or not? Yeah. And, 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 and what's incredible is people don't know. People don't know if they are. Yeah. You know, I was, I was, I was Skyping a client today and they had no idea they had Gutenberg. Mm. Their experience of WordPress was yeah. um, Visual Composer. Wow, and we were talking about you know some things that, you know, and and uh, I, I sort of mentioned I was giving them a demo of Gutenberg via Skype and saying, look, you can do this cool stuff now, and they they said, how do I get that? And well, they had it already, but they had no idea. They had no idea they had it. Yeah, this is I think just by us, you know, you've been I think you, Bob said your company's around for about nine years, which is uh, in in the WordPress world is a long time. Yeah, uh, Bob, you've been around. For a while, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. We're around for a little while, um, <laughs> but like you know, we we take and I I talk about this a lot, but we take a lot of this stuff for granted, like things we just assume people know in yep. WordPress. Like even using the term Gutenberg, yeah, can be confusing because that's no longer what it is. Yeah. You know, that was kind of the pre the development term, and and now it's the what what do we call? I don't even know what we're calling it now. The visual yeah. editor. What are we calling it? I, I, well, call, I call it the, I call it the new editor. I mean, I call, I call it the I call it the block editor. The block editor, the new editor, <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever. Call it. We, we've been doing this forever. So I think obviously that'll that'll work itself out over time. Um, but yeah, we you can never take these things for granted. I, I always tell the story when I first got into WordPress, I couldn't figure out how to log into WordPress. Like, and then when you search like WordPress login URL, like it's a very hard thing to search. And of course now we know oh, WP admin or just go to admin or dashboard or whatever, but you know, I took that, you know, now I think, so I always try to, and I'm sure you know this, you're on, you train, you do training. So I'm sure you yeah, get all yeah. sorts of fun questions during training, but yeah, yeah. that's a big one. Everybody remember that, that these common terms are things that we just assume are common knowledge or, or not. There's this, you know, that's a, that's a huge question at the start of my course. You know, people are saying I'm logging into WordPress, but I, I'm not seeing my website. Well, it, well, you you know, and they're running self-hosted websites, but they're running, they're logging into wordpress.com. <laughs> and then, and then, and then add on to that that now you can you can use WordPress.com to log into your self-hosted website. That just that just plays with people's heads. Yeah, yeah, that's not confusing at all for our. Not always. <laughs> One of the notes you made I thought was interesting, and I never even thought of this because I'm not, you know, on the other end. Is you're finding that some people are maybe in the you know using the latest version everything built in but people are also still using the gutenberg plugin yeah so is there does that i mean is well, that play a lot differently than if you have it in core or i'm not i'm not yeah it can, it, it can do yeah i mean because i think um it's slightly ahead right mm -hmm. so now we're having to support <laughs> classic editor WordPress 5.2.1 plus Gutenberg 5.8 or whatever that's at. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a very, it's a very mixed economy in terms of trying to support plugins. If you're building block-based plugins, your, your support, your support overhead is, is um, 
has a certain complexity to it. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people have got Gutenberg active and they don't realize they've got it active. Again, mm-hmm. just because they still think it's not part of core. So um, what actually happens if you're running a Gutenberg plugin and you have the latest WordPress? How does that? It's fine. I mean, it works. It just there might be different from just from our point of view, from a, from um, developing plugins. We're we're now supporting almost like two versions of Gutenberg, or trying to. Mm-hmm. It's just more complexity, Bob. Which you know, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, not being too negative about it, but it's um, it's, it's one of the. It was one of the concerns when that was voiced when Gutenberg was being rolled out in the way it was. I think that this might happen. Well, not so much different versions of Gutenberg, but more the fact that if you had Classic Editor and uh, Gutenberg and you gave people that, it was almost like you're forking, forking WordPress to a certain extent, which is kind of, you, when you support these, these um, when you support many people's websites or see many people's websites, that's kind of what, that's kind of what you see. I don't know if that's your experience, Brad. I mean, honestly, like the majority of our clients are not using it yet because they're trying to figure out how and if it makes sense to use it, Um, you know? So, and honestly, I think there's just a lot of sites that technically don't need it. You know, it's, it's too, it's more than they need, Um, you know? So there's a lot of great use cases for Gutenberg and I think it's really cool. Um, But I don't think it's, you know, I always say use the right tool for the right job and I don't, I don't think it's always the right tool, you know? So most of our clients are kind of doing a wait and see now that the dust has set a little bit from the release or another release past it, you know, five, two. Um, I expect those conversations to probably heat up towards the later part of the year. Once it's, you know, considered really, really stable, <laughs> stable, 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 <laughs> stable. Yeah. It, yeah. And I think that it kind of plays in how much you spend your time in the editor because, I mean, a lot of people that are running the stores, I mean, they're not doing tons of content. So they're, you know, working more on yeah. their products, keeping those updated and stuff. And, you know, of course, that depends if they use the blocks or not. But, I mean, for myself, I've discovered Gutenberg helps my workflow because of the fact that I spend so much time creating content. So I've, you know, first, of course, it had to figure out the damn thing. And then once I did, then it was like, okay, this is cool. This is a lot quicker than it used to be for me. So like you said, Brad, I think it is. It's use cases. I mean, I can go out there and say, hey, you know, Gutenberg's great because it just, it's it saves me time and stuff, but that's not the case for everybody. And I usually make that the point too, that, yeah, this is coming from me. It's not, not for everyone. The Do The Woo podcast is brought to you by Liquid Web. Looking for a top-notch hosting for your WooCommerce site? They have a ton to offer you, plus you'll get 33% off your first six months of any popular WooCommerce plan using the code BOB-WP. This is a limited-time offer, so head on over to liquidweb.com. And a special thanks for Liquid Web for helping us do the woo. Now back to the show. It's it's interesting because you look at the reviews still on you know if you go to WordPress.org and look at the reviews that that they're still largely negative. I mean, very negative, with with with, <laughs> with not the most helpful feedback for the for the uh, you know if you're a product managing it, you don't get a lot of 
useful feedback on it. But when I, when I, because I now teach Gutenberg in my courses, it's almost universally liked by people that are coming to this thing afresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the stuff that we can now teach that they can produce in a day's course, because we run a day's course for beginners, is, is you know, 100% better than what we could, what they were producing or what they could produce six months ago. Yeah. So there's a real split. There's a real split. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't actually looked at the reviews in a while, and uh, <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> they're still pretty. They're ferocious. They're, I mean, they're binary, right? They're either five stars or one star, and there's yeah, nothing in between. The <laughs> yeah, right. It's one or the other. <laughs> I mean, and it is still. I think it's easy to forget. Like it came out six, seven months ago, seven months ago now. So, um, yeah. by and large, it's still, you know, it, it's still a baby. You know, they're still iterating, yeah. improving it, and. It's still yeah. got a ways to go. And I think that's why I like, especially a lot of kind of larger clients, enterprise, even medium size are, are just being a little cautious with it and taking their time. They're not in a rush to, yeah. to jump into it. Um, but again, I think it's a great tool um, for certain, certain use cases. I'd love to hear, Jamie, your thoughts on page builders. Cause I know you mentioned you have a page builder. Yep. Um, and you have some thoughts about how that's, you know, page builders and Gutenberg are going to kind of line up at some point. So what are your thoughts on, is Gutenberg going to kill off page builders? How long have we got? <laughs> as long as you need. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, let me get this right. So we have a page builder, which we, we've had out for a, for a while. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a visual page builder. And actually, if you, if you went and looked at it and played with it, it's kind of very Gutenberg-like uh, in terms of, but it's front end. So it's a visual page builder. But actually, a lot of the... A lot of the way it works is kind of how Gutenberg feels, which may be one of the reasons why I like Gutenberg. Because I think there is a difference on, you know, some people, why, I think there's a difference why some people love Gutenberg and some people don't love Gutenberg. And it may be to do with some sort of, some sort of genetic (laughs) way you're made up, right? The way you view the world, I don't know. Um, So yeah, my view on page builders, well, the first thing to say is because we support lots of customer sites and because we train lots of people, the biggest problem people have is this training curve that you've got that they've got when they when they experience WordPress that they're they're seeing you know maybe I don't know how many page builders but let's say there's 20 they're seeing 20 different experiences potentially with 20 different websites and that for me is kind of one of the biggest plus points of Gutenberg that it should start to unify the interface of what people's experience of WordPress is which is a biggie it's a for me that's a really you know, so that if they're, you know, I see a lot of people that are coming on my course that are taking over websites because I don't know they have, their colleague has left the company and now they're just faced with this thing, which might be running, you know, Elementor or might be using Visual Composer, and then they have to go and learn WordPress, and then they have to go and learn another plugin. Whereas actually, if that was more and more as we see that built into Gutenberg, that you know the, the training requirements of of WordPress should go down, which will just be good for WordPress long-term. The other thing, which I think is probably the equally as big, is the WordPress ecosystem that you can leverage the word, because Gutenberg can essentially leverage the WordPress ecosystem. So just a case in point, when, when people are using WooBuilder to design their WooCommerce product pages, they can now, you know, if they want to have a really snazzy carousel within their product page, they can just use the, the, the beautiful block gallery block from, 
code blocks, yeah, because they can leverage the, the third-party blocks that are out there that are being built. Whereas any page builder is kind of going to be limited by what that company or organization can build build into it, um, which is always going to be less than what the ecosystem can build. So for me, that's where uh, I think you know your point, Brad, about it's it's very early. Like it was launched when we were in Nashville together, Bob, wasn't it, Gutenberg? Yeah. So it's really young, but you know, and and you know, mature page builder is still going to be you know what you can do in something like Elementor is going to be you know much in terms of functionality, much in advance of what you can do with Gutenberg. But you know, we are seeing sites. And for most of our customers, it's probably enough, you know, with a few cool plugins added into it, it's probably enough for a lot of people that don't need, you know, the last 10% of what a page builder can do going forward. Yeah, I wonder if it's going to be more of a, an effect on the, I don't want to say the um, novice user, that's not the correct term, but somebody that's, Aside from being a developer, a developer may still want to dive into uh, Elementor or something, you know, one of those because of what they can do with it. Where, you know, like myself, I probably won't use a page builder ever again because my needs are just fine with what Gutenberg's and the, you know, but it gives me. So I, I'm just thinking that one end of the spectrum that might be what gets affected more as people get more used to Gutenberg and they actually switch to Gutenberg and use it, that they'll start uh, finding, Hey, I can do quite a bit of, you know, I, I can do the layouts I want to do with this versus going to the extreme of a page builder. So, you know, no, no. What's your thoughts, Brad? Um, it's, it's, it's tough, right? Like, cause I, you know, my, my thought as of today, <laughs> it will probably change, but yeah. as of today, I, I, I think Gutenberg's going to have a hard time uh, replacing page builders as a whole, primarily because I don't think Gutenberg will ever be able to iterate as fast as page builders will, will just because while it is being developed kind of somewhat separately, it's still part of core, so they can only release versions directly in core when there's a new version of WordPress release. So what, every three months approximately, something like that. Whereas a page builder can have a new release every week if they want or every month. So they can really, I feel like they can stay ahead of the technology curve, um, bring in newer, interesting features to their to their customers much faster. Um, it sounds like Gutenberg is going to get to the point where it is a full-blown page or site builder it's on the roadmap um, when it gets there. I don't know, or how it gets there. Like just having used Beaver builder quite a bit. Um, it's just so flexible. I mean, you can do anything with it, you know, right through the visual editor, right through the front end of your website. Um, pretty much, you know, there's not many times you have to get at the code level, you know, a lot of it's just done through the UI. So it gives people a lot of control and it does all, it just does quite a bit more than Gutenberg does right now. Cause you can control every part of your website. Mm-hmm. every section header footer sidebars everything um so gutenberg's got a got a, a bit to get to that point um but even when it does i think there'll always still be room for page builders just because of how quickly they can iterate again that's my answer today we'll you know ask me again in a year <laughs> and it might change <laughs> but you know 
I, I think they can complement each other well, even in the future. It's just it really depends on where that roadmap at Gutenberg actually ends up versus what they're saying today. And that's just a little bit of unknown. Yeah. 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 I think that it kind of goes back to what I was saying. And I, I, I don't think I think page builders will be around quite a while just because of that fact. But the people that are getting in now that can say, hey, you know, I'm new to WordPress. I'm just putting this simple site together. Oh, I want to do this, tweak this a little bit and go, wow, it's Gutenberg or this editor does exactly what I need it to do. Because I, I know when I was training back in the, the good old days, sometimes it feels like the good old days, you know, people were still coming for the basics and it wasn't always necessarily the homepage. It was like, you know, how can I easily do columns in my post or my page? Uh, things like that that just frustrated them. That was yeah. always a matter of short code. So that's where, you know, I think the, the power lies is for those people. And yeah, who knows what the future will. We'll come back approximately one year from now <laughs> and we will um, all talk about, the, we'll ask ourselves these same exact questions and uh, see what our answers are then. <laughs> that will be fun. Okay, well, uh, let's see. You know, I did have one. Uh, why, don't, why don't we cover it? It's, it's an article, and I don't know if anybody has anything exciting to say about it. But um, there was something I saw. Uh, something always catches my eyes when PayPal is rolling out its e-commerce solution to all. Uh, I, I think I shared the link. Um, just a little non-Gutenberg stuff, but uh, it's um, okay. We got to quit these pop-ups here. I don't know if either of you had a chance to look at that, if there was anything that uh, really, it, it was pretty big news. I was, I was seeing a lot on the bigger e-commerce sites. Uh, it obviously um, is a, a fairly good step towards uh, e-commerce and PayPal. Any, any thoughts there on that? I'm trying to see what the basic concept of it is. You know, PayPal is like that. I think everybody takes a big sigh right before they start talking about PayPal, right? Like it's, that, it's that necessary, I don't even know, maybe evil is too strong of a word, but it's just like that necessary payment type that you have to accept, even though nobody really wants to, that runs a store. Um, if they've interacted with PayPal at any capacity and actually you know, receive a decent amount of money through PayPal, you probably run into some challenges. Um, I think while we could probably joke and say, well, it's PayPal, you know, the thing is they have the numbers. It's like, it's like Facebook rolling out a new feature. Even if all the techies are like, man, that's silly. We're not going to use it. Everybody uses Facebook. So ultimately, you know, hundreds of millions of people will probably end up using it. PayPal is the same way. Like even though a lot of us techies may be like, well, I would never use that. Um, a lot of the small businesses and, you know, owners out there aren't technical and they are familiar with PayPal. It's the only thing they're familiar with. So they probably will give it a really good, you know, strong look to see if that's something they want to do. Um, now I don't know all the technical capabilities of this platform. It seems like uh, Facebook and some others have been using it like Facebook marketplace and stuff. So um, obviously it's been tested by, you know, a large massive platform, but you know, that's kind of how I look at it. People will use it just because it's PayPal and they have so many users. You know, I, I don't think the more technical people will. I think they'll look at other options like either something self-hosted, like maybe a WooCommerce or something, you know, hosted like a big commerce or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, 
just to kind of agree with that, that, you know, if I asked my attendees who's heard of Stripe, there'll be, you know, 2% probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, so PayPal's just ubiquitous. So it's, you know, it's, it has reach. Yep, there's the PayPal. It's 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 a necessary fill in the blank is um Brad. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I mean Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I uh I just had my high school reunion and they the the two ladies organizing it said you can everyone can send in their money, but the only way we're accepting it is either check or Google Pay. And you would have thought <laughs> you would have thought they asked people to like mail them cash. Like people were just like, what? I can't use PayPal. Why can't I use PayPal? Everyone uses PayPal. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm thinking like, yeah, I get it. Like not a lot of people use Google pay. It wasn't a problem for me, but I'm like, that's, and that kind of sums it up. Like everybody uses PayPal. Everybody yeah. has a PayPal account. It's just there when you need it. Sometimes it's easier than pulling out your credit card because you can link it to your cards in your bank. If you're buying something on your phone or something, sometimes it's just easier, but so they have the numbers and it's, and it's, you know, by and large, people are very, very familiar with PayPal. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I'd, I'd, I would say as well that, you know, when I, because I demo WooCommerce as part of the, normally as part of the one day training course, and I, I kind of build a quick site in like five minutes, you know, install the plugin, go through the wizard, uh, add, add the shop, add a product, add the shop page to the menu. And people are genuinely amazed that this is, you know, coming from non, these are WordPress beginners, that they're generally amazed that you can, you can do this stuff. This is like a complete miracle. And the fact that you could just link that to PayPal very quickly and easily that everyone's heard of, and you don't really have to worry about the security of that because PayPal handles it for you. You know, that's, that is miraculous for a lot of people still. Mm-hmm. I, I always wonder, though, looking at their service page for this commerce platform, anytime there's never a price mentioned <laughs> and there's just a contact us button. You always have to wonder, like, is this even meant for the small business? Like, they kind of yeah, say it, but I don't, like, if it's a small business platform, I shouldn't have to just reach out and get a sales rep online to pitch me on how amazing this $10,000 a month thing is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, you know, I, I don't know if they're trying to compete with the Shopify with this or not. It's not really clear, but I guess we'll find out. It's It just seems a little new. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything else in the... Uh, a news area that I, I've seen or that has come up. Uh, anything on the horizon for you, Brad, coming up? Anything exciting you want to share? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. I, I do. It's summer. Uh, you know. <laughs> I, have, I have two things, Bob. Okay, cool. Uh, so um, Berlin next week. Oh. I'm jealous. Yeah, I was yeah. I, I was hoping to go, but I won't be able to make it. But WordCamp is always yeah, so a great event. Uh, and then uh, the other thing, it's been raining for 24 hours here, so that might cheer you guys up. Yeah, we, we've had a we've had a, a day, uh, a month's worth of rain in a day. Wow! <laughs> wow! So yeah. summer hasn't started. That's yeah. all I got. <laughs> That's all you got, and nothing really new on my end. I just actually moved one of my new pod, well, not my new, one of my other podcasts, my other podcast, I should say. I moved it to its own website now, so I've kind of branching out and doing things. And I'm going to be spinning up another, a third podcast here in the next uh, two to three weeks. So um, I, I don't have a life, so I'm just gonna. I, I decide <laughs> I'm just gonna do podcasts. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! 
Yeah. I didn't approve that. Uh, <laughs> I did not approve. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't you get that? Um, oh, okay. I thought I'd get that to you. The things I learned on this show. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. No, actually it's going to be a, it's going to be went around um, digital content marketing. So it's going to be more on, it's going to be out of the e-commerce realm. So it's uh, more around video podcasting, all that good stuff, uh, interview style, beginning people on talking about their, what they do, um, YouTubers and all those that good stuff within the WordPress space. So, so we'll see where that goes and, cool. and, and stuff. So, um, so that's it. And uh, Jamie, where can people uh, connect with you and find all this good stuff? So just go to poodlepress.com and uh, you'll, you'll find me there or Twitter. It's just Twitter. Oh, we're just poodlepress. Just Google poodlepress and you'll find us. P-O-O-T-L-E-P-R-E-S-S. And uh, make sure you watch that video right there at the top. I got to be honest, like I was, I watched the whole thing. I didn't usually watch videos more than like two minutes long, <laughs> but I really want to see where you're going with the whole bacon the pie thing. <laughs> it it doesn't it. end well. That's, that's, a gen, that's a genuine attempt, attempt, Brad. That's what uh, happened. I was like, this is like the great British bake-off only. It's like the, the sad, <laughs> sad side of it i guess but it's it was interesting because i had no idea where you're going with it and then i was like oh that was that was actually great <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah all righty well uh lastly just uh one more thank you to liquid web our sponsor and yes you can get now you can get 33 percent off your uh first six months of woocommerce managed hosting any plan there in fact if you use a code bob dash WP will get that same discount on any possible plan of any kind of hosting over at liquid web. So it, it's good for it all. So you might want to uh, snake that while they're getting good. So thank you, Jamie, for joining us. Thank you, Bob. And, and Brad, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to keep you updated me. on my life a little bit more, you know, what's going on. So <laughs> keep me in the loop, Bob. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. And uh, you can find us on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, uh, do the woo. All right. See you, See you later. Bye.